0: Welcome to I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, talking mostly sports, mostly in the SEC, and mostly with the Bama bias. And now, time for your hosts. Tom was a regular starter on his Pee-wee football teams. After high school, he took a relatively unknown intramural college football team and had them one win from the playoffs. Late in his college career, he was a two-sport star and relinquished his college eligibility to enter the NBA draft. As an undrafted free agent, he turned to sports gambling and poker to make ends meet. Now he's here to share his life experiences and general sports knowledge with the world. He's Tom Sims, he's Rush Chairman, and he's damn glad to meet you. His sidekick, who he from parts unknown, Red Bay, he claims he can beat any listener at GALCA, which is probably correct considering you guys have like eight listeners. He has three Fortnite Victory Royale solo wins. He's been known to weeble and wobble, but he's never fallen down. He has the face for radio and the voice for newspaper, Mr. Jason Tiffin.
1: Welcome to episode 12 of I'm Not Targeting, Your Targeting. I'm Jason Tiffin, one half of your host, along with Tom Sims. Tom, how you doing? All right, that's good, good enough. Life. We've heard enough right there. We're, gonna blitz through. <laughs> We're going to blitz through this podcast tonight. And let me tell you why, Tom. Because finally, after about 36 hours of the circle of death on Fortnite, Fortnite finally dropped season two, or chapter two, season one. And I've already stuck home from work today and got one match in. Got three kills, by the way. And uh, But it, it, after this podcast, which is going to be a record-breaking low amount of time, I'm going to belly up to the uh, the Fortnite game and play all night. And, and, you know, by the way, I tweeted this out, and I'm sure our nine followers saw it. Uh, I got my fifth win in Fortnite, so we're definitely going to change the intro when it comes time.
0: i'll be working on that
1: (laughs) all all jokes aside how was your weekend
0: Uh, that was good i just uh i just now got my heart rate under control from the weekend though i survived both my college and my nfl knockout pools but i was more nervous than deb's grandfather when she started passing out ancestry dna kits last christmas (laughs) my uh syndicate my syndicate has one sheet left out of 9 in our college pool. Wanna take a minute to say a big thank you to UNLV and Will Muschamp there. No kidding. And also have a single sheet left in the NFL knockout. There's still about 50 of us, you know. These these pools have gotten crazy, man. Between the those two pools, there's roughly $35,000 up for grabs. Yeah. That'll yeah. make you tick a little bit watching the games, for no, sure. No kidding.
1: <laughs> Especially especially when you got all egg, all your eggs in the Vanderbilt basket, which a lot of us did. <laughs> uh, of course, I was already out in Auburn. Or in the but, Auburn basket yeah. <laughs> last week. Yeah. A great best decision I've made all year. Uh, all right, let's jump into the winners and losers like we always do. And boy, you can probably... <laughs> Wait a minute, sir. You forgot my word of the day. Oh, word of the day. Go for word it.
0: Of the day. Word of the day today is decaphobia Do you know what that is? <laughs> Fear of
1: eating a Triscuit.
0: <laughs> Close. It is a fear, though. <laughs> it's fear of the number thirteen. So let me use that in a sentence for you. All teams on Alabama's schedule this year suffer from Triska Decaphobia.
1: Uh, this is Nick Saban's thirteenth time to play his uh, all of the foes that we play every year, including Tennessee. And I think that's where you're going with that.
0: Negative ghost rider. Two is number 13. He strikes fear in the hearts of the aeropuels. Well, for the record, we
1: are going for 13 (laughs) in a row against Tennessee. We could do a whole podcast on 2006. The last time I threw up on alcohol is when uh, we intercepted Ainge. uh, Simeon Castile intercepted Ainge and Ainge. They all 6'5". Two hundred and twenty pound runs a 4-7-5-40. Run him down. ran him down, pushed him out of bounds, and we kick a field goal. Shocker, Mike Shula. Although under Shula, we did hit a lot of field goals, but we damn sure kicked a lot of field goals. All wow. right, uh, winners, man. The the t- one of our games of the week last week, LSU. I have three words: M, Press, Ev. They are looking good, at least on offense. Now, Florida did a lot more to yep. them. Uh, offensively to their defense than I thought they would. Trask, I tell you, you know, you, this is where coaches get 2nd guess. is you got Felipe Franks out there to start the year, and this Trask kid comes in. Man, he is looking – I thought he'd go to LSU. I actually had LSU on the bet and, and bought the hook, luckily, and they covered. But, I mean, they, it, the, the game, the 14-point game was not indicative of how uh, – contested that game was man trash they let him fling it and he looked darn good but who i tell you who looked better was joe barrow three incompletions all night uh, and again uh, versus three touchdowns and i think they ran 46 total plays <laughs> and won by 14 that's crazy
0: mm-hmm. yeah it is it's, it's wild now you know i call for lsu to get or let Florida linger here and uh, pull away late which that's kind of the way the game went but uh, I did not see a 70 point shootout like you said Burrow was super efficient crazy efficient you know the nation seems to be stocked full of uh, quarterbacks this year who are more stellar than their preseason rankings Burrow at the top of that list Fields Hurts you know the etc but I thought going into that game, Florida's defense would at least slow the LSU offense down somewhat. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I never called for LSU to lose this game, but I, I didn't think they would run roughshod like they did. Like you mentioned, Burrow with only three incompletions and no turnovers. They also had over 200 yards rushing on the ground. I mean, this LSU offense is officially for real. Now, mm-hmm. defensively, still got some work to do because Florida, as we know, are far from a juggernaut. But uh, I'll say this about Florida, though. I went back and reviewed their record, and they were clamping down on offenses all year up until this week. Now, what I found was that none of those teams they played previously were predominantly passing teams. So if you're going to get over on the Gator D, you better come prepared to sling it. And that's just what we saw Saturday night. Very impressive by LSU, though, for sure.
1: On the on the point total, you know, me and you and Daryl all had the under, and even after Topher told us, "Dude, the bet's over," I, just, I couldn't pull the trigger, man. But, you know, Daryl and <laughs> no. I were talking about it the next day. Uh, what I don't know what the over under was on Alabama LSU last year. I'm going to say mid 40s. You know, we won 29 to nothing. I'm going to say that game stayed under. I, I doubt it was in the 30s, but I guarantee it was. I would be shocked if it's in the 50s this year. Over under is going to have to be mid sixties or higher for BAM LSU, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it have to be. I mean, that's the... be. and for the record, if you if you ever take the under on a game and the uh, the two teams combine never kick a field goal, you're in trouble.
1: <laughs> no kidding. We trust me. We know from experience. Yes, Yes, we we do. do. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, The second winner was Bama. And, you know, the main reason we put them on the podcast was because I I got to thinking last week, I'm like, dang, we're kind of a Bama podcast. We hardly ever talk about Bama. And which I will make another comment, but I got you leading on this. So go ahead and give us a spill on Bama.
0: Well, I'll go ahead and tell you, if Clemson's going to consider A&M their best win of the season, then to date, now this is up to today, we'll consider it ours as well. We did fall behind early 7-0, but rallied for a 14-point halftime lead, and that game was well out of reach in the third quarter. Now, unlike the Clemson game, AM did find some offense against us, which has not been unusual this year, unfortunately. But to, big, to piggyback on the point you made earlier, when I say earlier, earlier in previous podcast, some of those points were definitely late-game scores, with the game well in hand i know we had give up a late one uh saturday when we were up by what 27 34 something like that you know it was a it was a late one but Tua did though his first pick of the year as well which broke what was the nation's longest streak without an int now if you watch that play the a m defender made an absolutely beautiful play he feigned away from the play then faded back in and Tua never saw him now that was very similar to me the uh, to the same interception that Tua had that first play from scrimmage or, or from offensive, maybe a second play in the title game last year versus Clemson, where the uh, it's not the man that's guarding your receiver that makes the play. It's the guy that kind of slips into the screen and you don't see him coming. That's going to that's gonna be the way you stop Tua. I say stop him. That's where you're going to get your picks and that sort of thing. He's too good to play receivers uh, man-on-man and not – be able to hit that guy. Uh, you know he's just not going to make that kind of mistake. Mm-hmm. I mean, those types of mistakes for two are as rare as uh, your fortnight victories. As a matter of fact, <laughs> since you brought it up, <laughs> here's a Twitter question: Will Tua end the season with more interceptions than Tiffin has fortnight victories this year? That is a great so, one. Man. How many have you got now? I got five. Victories, yeah, have you five solos? is are they all this year?
1: Uh no, no, they're in different seasons. They're in, I got two in season that's what, 10. At, at,
0: so that's this year that you have two. Well,
1: the the Fortnite is broken into seasons, it's like a it's about 60 days because see every time they have the the game is free to play, but you have to buy a battle pass. You don't have to buy a battle pass. You can play free your entire life, but they put out a battle pass for I don't know, 10, 12, 15. And that's where they get. That's where they make their money. Fortnite makes a million dollar. They net a million dollars a day, or they were in the about this wow. time last year. Yeah, it's unreal. But that, that's a good question. I mean, I, I'm getting better at Fortnite, but I'm going to go that Tua has more interceptions, unfortunately, than I have wins because I doubt I get more than a handful. <laughs> now, let me tell you what's about to happen on Fortnite tonight when I get off. It is going to be a bloodbath because it is a brand-new map, and everybody and their brother is going to be back on playing, so I'll be lucky to get any kill. I got kills while all the kids were at school this morning. That's that's, that's when I had my most success. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get back on – a. Let me let me uh, let me read you my notes, and uh, it kind of matches up what you're saying. Uh, you know, once again, the detractors are going to point to the defense. Uh, you know, we give up a fourth quarter touchdown, makes the game look closer than it actually was. And I mean, here's the bottom line: South Carolina, Ole Miss, and Ole Miss got two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. A and M all score a touchdown in the fourth quarter. Nothing more than eye candy for the voters, for the detractors, and you know. I think I Twittered this out today. I, I know I did because you liked it. I mean, David Pollock gave us a B-plus on, uh, I guess, half the season's over now. And he, you know, uh, Oklahoma was A-plus and uh, Clemson was a B-plus, which I think we can agree with that. Ohio State, A-plus. LSU, A-plus. No disagreement there. But, Bama, we're a B plus. And, I mean, we've won two SEC road games and both on my double digits. Neither game was in doubt at any point after halftime, and we got a B plus. And that's that's how the expectations are for us, and that, that's fine. We 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 relish that at Alabama, but it, it's totally unfair to the players who you know who put, the fans get pissed off about it. But it's totally unfair to the players who are busting their butts, and and I don't know. I'm about to get off on a tangent, and I can't do that. But back to the back to the game at hand, Barmore, how good is he looking lately, man?
0: Yeah, he's he's looking solid. I hope he continues to improve like that. Hello next Quentin Williams, you know. I think
1: you know, Marceau Darius, Quentin Williams, he he's got that kind of capability I believe. Uh, receivers didn't disappoint as usual i mean it's just it's pick your poison you know we've, we we ca- we have a kid that has not done anything all year who goes for how many, how many touchdowns waddle have one or two i know he had the one and then had like a over 130 140 150 yards of uh, all purpose yards on kicks and punts just phenomenal player and um yeah. 300 we allowed 389 yards of total defense and i don't know how much of that was in the fourth quarter and but that that's not terrible in this day and age. But back to the fourth quarter touchdowns, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna whistle past the graveyard. You know we we've said it every podcast. Our defense is a concern, but and I'm not saying that even in the fourth quarter and some of those touchdowns we had our starters out there because we did. But the bottom line is, in all of the fourth quarter touchdowns we've given up, the game's out of hand, and we're just we're looking. I'm I'm sure that Saban is putting the van and vanilla on defensive calls. Because why show anything, you know, keep everything in front of you, uh, try to keep everything between the hashes, tackle them in bounds, keep that clock running. That's kind of where we're at. But, I, I, you know, Bama definitely a winner. When we began the year this year, you know, before any game was played, we looked at, I, I me personally, our possible losses at Auburn hosting LSU. And I'd say number three would have been A&M, and we beat A&M by 19
0: yeah, that's a good point. And i tell you the other thing I was thinking about too. I hope our guys remembers what that atmosphere was like at a because we went through this many, many years ago and we talked about it. We only have two true road games left. I say true, like we have neutral site games left. But we we have two road games left, and one of those is against a reeling Mississippi State team Mm -hmm. who we're likely to have almost as many fans in that stadium as they are if they continue to play what they're doing. So you're talking about from today or this past Saturday – all the way up until the auburn game before you're going to experience another road game hostile atmosphere oh uh, yeah so i i hope they uh, put this one in in their cap and remember how it feels to play on the road and remember how it feels to play well because you don't need to get rattled down there in auburn i'll tell you that
1: Jeez, no we don't all right, uh, we've got one more winner here, and Tom is going to not only start this one, he's going to finish it, because I have no idea what direction he's going. But I will say the team we're about to talk about definitely deserves some love. The third the third team we're going to talk about is Wisconsin.
0: Yeah, if you hadn't spoiled it for everybody there, people might have thought I was going to talk about Missouri, but I've already been <laughs> on that bandwagon enough. Now, Wisconsin, Now here, here we go. If Bama can make it to the playoff, I hope someone finds a way to keep Wisconsin out of it. Wisconsin has the type of team Bama had in 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13. That, that team that you have to scratch and claw for every first down against them. They have a battering ram offense that will take the wind out of your sails. In 2011, which many consider to be our best defensive team of the Sabin era, Bama gave up 183 yards per game defensively, which is incredible. And had three shutouts, which included LSU in the title game rematch that year. Now, in six games so far this year, Wisconsin has pitched four shutouts. In one of the two games that they did not complete the shutout, they had Michigan 35 to nothing late in the third quarter before a couple of late insignificant scores, if you can remember that. Mm-hmm. They have given up three points total in the first half all year. Northwestern was the other team that scored on them, but Northwestern also trailed 24 to three before two very late fourth quarter scores in that game as well. So offensively, they play with the same physicality and, and aggression. They of course have Taylor, a Heisman contending running back, and he, he gets downhill in a hurry. They play big boy football, and if your defense isn't ready for what you're, they're gonna throw at you, you're gonna have a long, long, long day with their shutout of Michigan State this past weekend, I'm moving Wisconsin into my top four overall. Ohio State, be—I was going to say one word, but I'm going to say be darned because Trippany's kids called me over the weekend and said that they heard me cuss on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is—they—they
1: they know this thing is rated R sometimes. At least his kids are listening. My daughter tonight <laughs> says, um, who, my daughter says, who watches your podcast? I'm like, nobody. She's like, then why do you do it? I said, because it's not watchable, it's listenable. She's like, how many listen? I was like, not many. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so are you finished up with your – She just uh, had to
0: keep diving. <laughs> yeah,
1: you finished up with your man crush of Wisconsin –
0: I, I am, I am. Uh, with Missouri one, Wisconsin two, and man crushes for me. They, for sure. All
1: jokes aside, Wisconsin is a. We'll see what they got against um, against uh, Ohio State, and they'll they will have an opportunity to play them at least once, if maybe twice, if they get the rematch. So it's, it's a lot of football to be played. Yep. All right, let's move on to the losers, and our first loser is those hairy dogs from Georgia. How about that? Never would have guessed that this time last week. <laughs> How about them dogs? Say, let me read you the the let me let me read you the stats of uh of Kirby Smart at Georgia, okay? Year one he goes eight and four. Year two he goes thirteen and two and and wins the SEC. Uh, year three he goes eleven and three and finishes second in the SEC, and he's currently in year four. He goes he is at five and one.
0: Wait, 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 wait. What? Those are Mark Rick's stats. You looking in the wrong column. Right? Oh,
1: yep, you're you're right, you're right, you're right. Nope, 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 nope. Well, I'll tell you what, we're both right. This is, those were Kirby Smart's uh, records, and here's Mark Rick's records. Year one, eight and four. Year two, 13 and one, ACC number one. Year three, 11 and three, runner-up in the ACC. Year four, Five and one. So wow. And I tell you what, Rick did hmm. not ever do. He never let an unranked team beat him at home in those first four, three and a half years. And Smarts let three unranked beat him so far. So, I mean, if you're a Georgia fan, that I, while I think Kirby is better than Rick, man, sometimes numbers don't lie. And that just makes you wonder is Georgia, you know, there's no excuse for Georgia not being, um, the LSU of the Nick Saban era down there to where it's just, my gosh, who's going to beat them? And, you know, LSU did lose some games under Saban. And, and, I mean, maybe they are because, you know, you can't win them all, but that has to be concerning. And, you know, South Carolina, like I've said before, they, you know, we always get direct TV, Jake Fromm, who throws for two or three touchdowns and, you know, a 74.8 completion percentage. You know, nice uh, third down conversion rate of like eight of, eight of 12, eight of 13, eight of 14, and get, you know, 65, 70 yards with his legs. I mean, he throws three picks against SC. That's what, that's the Jake Fromm. If we face him in Georgia, that's the Jake Fromm that Alabama deserves to get. <laughs> and, but I tell you what, really, I had everything typed out and ready to roll. And, and I was coming home today for lunch. and I'm like, wait a minute. I was one more thing I want to say, and I just wrote it in ink pen. You know, South Carolina. If you remember when they played Bama, they pulled out a fake punt, a fake field goal, an onside kick. They, they, Three or four trick plays, they they threw everything they had at us and still couldn't come close. Dude, to my knowledge, they played Georgia straight up with a what a, essentially it was a third-string quarterback a portion of the game and beat them in overtime on the road. To me, that's one of the hardest things to do is win an overtime game away from your house.
0: No doubt, no doubt. And I'm going to tell you what. Georgia was whip-whip like a racehorse. Never mind. (laughs) This South Carolina loss has to be one that it's a complete head-scratcher. They were 24-point favorite playing at home. You know, Saban has lost a few when he was a favorite, but since 2009, none, zero, have been to unranked teams. And... This was not a good unranked team. North Carolina beat these guys, and Bama and Missouri both trucked them. Trucked. It's maritime for Georgia. i telling you, Clemson has done this sort of thing for years and almost repeated it already this year with North Carolina. But, you know, losing to an overmatched unranked team... Clemson's been able to, you know, they've been able to look in the mirror, rebound, get the championship game, get the national championship playoffs, whatever. But can can Kirby do it? That's we'll see. We'll see. This week's Kentucky matchup, uh, they'll be play after this week's Kentucky matchup, they'll be playing three consecutive ranked opponents, starting with the Gators. We'll we'll see if Kirby can get them turned around, or or will he? You know. I mean, we just don't know. This is this is this is an adversity we hadn't seen from them, and I'm very interested to see how it plays out.
1: I mean, they're supposed to have on paper they've got the best offensive line in the country, and I, I don't disagree with that. They they're stout up front, and I understand I understand their their weakness at wide receiver, and I, I highly doubt it's a weakness from an athletic standpoint. I think they have some studs over there. I just think they're not they're not uh, you know they, they don't have the experience. But I, I say that, then I say this. I mean, two years ago we won the national title with Jerry Judy. Granted, we had um, I can never think of his name, Calvin Ridley. Uh, you know, granted we had Calvin Ridley as a, a upperclassman leader, but I mean we had Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Devontae Smith playing. You know, very important minutes for that team. Of course, Devontae scored on the second twenty six. Like, why are these kids not more well, that's ready? Right. You know, I forgot
0: about that and.
1: In in game number seven, week seven, why are the receivers not more ready? Because that's, I, I I watched. I was at a tennis tournament with my youngest daughter, and we had a TV hooked up where had the the Red River Shootout on, and then I was watching Mississippi State and Tennessee on my phone, so I didn't watch a whole lot of this game. I didn't, you know, why I didn't think it was going to be competitive, and we flipped it over there late. But I w- I read the, some of the the write ups after it. And they said that, uh, according to the people who watched the game, the pundits, uh, you know, South Carolina just shut the receivers down one-on-one, and which allowed them just to pin their ears back when it was, a, you know, a third down and eight, uh, you know, second and 11, third and eight, a passing down, and they got after Fromm all day and with them throwing three picks. I mean, it just that, that cannot happen. And the thing is, if Georgia can't win this year, when can they win? I mean, next year. They come to Bama in Week Three, and they're gonna have a new quarterback. Fromm's going pro. Their their best quarterback is currently on the roster at Ohio State. So yeah, Bama's gonna have a new quarterback as well. But I I definitely don't favor uh, Georgia over Bama next year at Tuscaloosa. So this was this is their best year to win it. And I don't know it. You know they're not gonna run Kirby out. Kirby's very popular. He's doing all the right things. But you know Rick was very successful. Rick did all the right things, and they got tired of finishing second place.
0: Yeah. I had to let it run run the gauntlet over there.
1: All right, second loser we have is I I every every week we I put some uh, put some ideas down on paper send it to Tom. He he edits it sends it back to me then I put the outline together. And he did a write-in candidate for loser uh, this week. And I'm like, let's go with it because I have no idea where this is going. But his his second loser is Jalen Hurts for Heisman. So I'm anxious to hear as much as the listeners are. What's your thoughts on that?
0: (laughs) Well, look, this was Jalen's first game against a meaningful opponent. And he won. Granted, he didn't put up the numbers Burrow did against Texas, but his numbers were solid he threw for 235 yards or so uh and of course the big number was he rushed for number 131 on the ground i think so he also accounted for four touchdowns great great night right right well i -hmm. think he took a heisman hit Hertz efficiency drops significantly against Texas. Now, this is to be expected when you play better teams. You're not going to just run it up against the the, the Texas's of the world when you've been used to playing the Texas Techs or Houstons or whatnot. But I think we can all agree that Texas is not a defensive know-it-all. But he did throw one interception, and he lost a fumble on a 16-of-28 passing effort. Now, by contrast... Burrow had four less completions in this game and threw for four seventy one yards against Texas. <laughs> you see this is what we always got with Jalen at Bama against the better teams he's going to beat you more with his feet than his arm and as long as you beat as long as he beats you, most folks will look the other way at the pedestrian passing stats. It's only against the team where you need him to throw it and he doesn't come through that's where it becomes an issue. Now, lucky for Jalen, he'll get to play the entire rest of the season against unranked opponents. That's right. Baylor, you're getting no love from me. (laughs) But uh, he'll, he'll get back to the Big 12 title game, which will be his last opportunity, and it'll be a rematch with Texas more than likely. So, you know, he really won't get an opportunity to play a defense that will show us whether or not he truly is the renewed passer everyone is proclaiming him to be until we get to the playoffs. Well, guess what? The Heisman vote is prior to the playoffs, so he may just skirt that test all the way around. But the savvy Heisman voter needs to look at this game and ask themselves whether or not Jalen is really worthy, and I think the answer should be obvious. He's the same Jalen that was second string to Tua. Point
1: made, sir. I like it. Thank you. <laughs> uh, you got to love the 2 second delay we, <laughs> we deal with here. Um all right, let's move on to meaningless topic of the day. We we uh, I have really enjoyed our meaningless topics. I think we've had some really good ones and we've got a lot of good ones, but they're more suited for when it's off season. So I threw a couple out there and we decided on this one. Today we're going to discuss the fan who oh I root for Auburn unless they're playing Alabama. I hope Auburn comes into the Iron Bowl at 11-0, and and I hope Bama comes into the Iron Bowl at 11-0, and and I hope Bama wins. Well, let me tell you what. You do not deserve to root college football. That is a terrible take. (laughs) We are in such a PC culture now. Everything we do is is dissected. The one true non-PC event we have right now is, is sports. Whether it be pro, whether it be college, whether it be a uh, uh, high school, I I want Let me tell you my goal for Auburn. I hope Auburn comes into the Iron Bowl every year at zero and eleven, and I hope that every one of their wins was or every one of their losses was either a blowout or I hope they lost on a controversial blown call by the ref. That is the type of fan yes. we need, and let me tell you why. Some people are like, ah, you know that that's that's going overboard. Well, you know I reel on Auburn as much as anybody. And my former – what would she be? I guess it would be my former stepmother-in-law. Um, she is an Auburn fan. Hold and on. Let when, me think
0: about that a second. Former stepmother. Okay, I got yeah. it.
1: Got it. Got you. <laughs> we, uh, you know, I was going off on Facebook a little bit in 2010 when it was a, it was a championship day when Cam Newton was going to play Oregon. And she posted back to me, and she's like – Bama, fan, not to me, but I kind of took it towards me, and I think it was directed to me. And that's fine. I probably needed a, a a tongue lashing that day, with my attitude towards Auburn. <laughs> she said, "All you Bama, I'll just paraphrase. All you Bama fans can just y'all can just shut up. This is our day. We've earned it. And this is our day. And you know what? She was right. That was Auburn's day. Auburn didn't want Bama rooting for them. Those Bama fans rooting for Auburn over Oregon. That's Bama fans rooting for Auburn over." over um Florida state there were prominent bama fans rooting for auburn in the final four last year Jay barker one of them i mean tom uh, tom picked the guy, tom picked the guy off in the lower gym i saw it with my own two eyes <laughs> okay so she was right auburn has earned our hate we have earned auburn's hate they don't, want you, they don't want, trust me, Bama fans, they do not want you rooting for them. And trust me, Auburn fans that listen to this, we do not want you rooting for us. We want you to root again. We want you to root for Georgia over us. I'm going to root for Tennessee. I'm going to root for Notre Dame over you guys. So I guess right there we can do a slash rant, which means end rant. I'm done. Tom, if you want to add something, I don't know what you can possibly add that will trump what I just said, but feel free to add.
0: Uh, it's not going to trump it it's going to be it's going to be one of those that's it's a tag along let's just call it a tag along because this sort of thing has chapped my rear for years too see they're tripping these kids uh i get it from my wife and other friends all the time why don't you root for auburn newsflash just like you said they don't root for alabama either the bottom line for me is that I root against all teams that can be a detriment to Alabama's season. That's it, point blank. Auburn's been a thorn in our side sometimes, but they never, they never are a thorn when they're bad or when they're down and out. So you know what? I want them to be that bad and down and out all the time. If that means limping into the Iron Bowl with a two and eight record, I'm on board. Do you not think I'm enjoying this Tennessee straight we're on? I love it. It's the type of series I wish we had with all teams. <laughs> now, I've always been a Bama fan, and I'm going to tell you what has soured my milk for years. Coming through high school in the 80s was like the kids today that was born in the early 2000s. Even though I didn't understand Bama fans who rooted for other teams, I can clearly remember in the early 90s, late 80s, two of my good friends – Trip Marshall, Big Dave. <laughs> they would walk around in Miami Hurricanes and Florida State Seminole sweatsuits. They were supposed to be Bama fans, but they were caught in the glam of the other teams. You know, whatever's flashy at the time. And that's why you have kids all over the country right now rooting for Bama and Clemson. But I finally got Trip and Dave to turn turn and burn those sweats once Bama won the ninety two championship. It's very similar to how many of Bama fans see that that I see that also root for Duke and basketball. You know, pick a team, dude. Terrible. If you want to root for Duke, start rooting for Cl- Cut Cliff. You know, yeah, don't yeah. be a bandwagon fan. I can guarantee you, those same guys are people you see with Bama football shirts, Duke basketball shirts, Yankees hats, Patriots sweats, et cetera. Hey, oh, they well, want to well, latch well, onto well, the well, best well, teams.
1: Patriots. Now, careful, careful. I'm a Tom Brady. Man.
0: <laughs> Conti- continue. <laughs> That's no sportsmanship, sir. you got to learn how to lose <laughs> to appreciate winning. And otherwise, you're just a douche. I'm not sure how I got on this rant, but basically I rode against everyone with a meaningful game that could help Bama.
1: End of story. End of story, indeed. All right, let's roll into games of the week this week. Uh, we got a couple the this this call the double buys this year is killing the college game as far as matchups. I mean, we go from an epic Saturday, which was last Saturday, to we're struggling to find games. You know, this week uh, we picked third Saturday in October because we're our Bama podcast lines at thirty five. I mean, it is ridiculous the amount of success we've had over Tennessee. Like I said, the last time we lost to them, my my tw- my thirteen year old was, let's see, uh, August, September, October. She was two months old. She was not walking. She was nice. not crawling. She barely had her eyes open. And, uh, you know, there's... Was well, she a puppy? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if anybody <laughs> catch it or not. Glad you caught it. Uh, you know, and you can say, well, well, hang on, Jason. Now, last week, South Carolina and Georgia was the same, same situation. Uh, somewhat. Uh, South Carolina had shown a little bit of success. Tennessee's horrible this year. We we're superior at every position at every position matchup and just for good measure, their best linebacker who should have come to Bama, To Oto o- or whatever his name is from uh I think California or somewhere out west, he suspended for targeting the first half. So uh, uh Bama wins easily. However, Bama does not cover. We don't cover the thirty-five. Wow. Uh, we're gonna allow we're gonna allow more yards and more points than Bama fans are gonna be happy with, but we're gonna we're, we'll win going away.
0: I can't believe you said there was a, a hard game to find when it's the third Saturday in October. Netflix, Twitter, sixth graders. I'm not targeting. your targeting podcasts. These are all things that weren't around to see the last time Tennessee beat Alabama. In reality, Alabama has never lost a game to Tennessee. The referees didn't cheat us out of. Grand Ole Opry or Huntsville Space Center? Obviously, astronauts are better than Billy Ray Cyrus. Al Gore or James Spann? One actually knows about the weather. Advantage Span. Johnny Knoxville or Courtney Cox? Is this even a fair comparison? Obviously, the best actors are from Alabama, too. Conecuh Sausage or Country Ham? Shout out to Evergreen there. This could go on all day. In summary, Bama's good. Tennessee's bad. Let's move along. <laughs>
1: All right, our second game is Michigan at Penn State, and uh, to me, this game is much more important to Michigan. But you know, Penn State will also be devastated if they lose since it's at home. They they still got to go to Columbus in November. Uh, they're having a white out, which you know works against some teams. <laughs> Does not work against Bama, by the way. So please, te- <laughs> teams that we're traveling to, please have your white out or blackout or orange out. We we that really intimidates our. Our, uh, our team. Don't throw us in that briar patch, Burr Rabbit. But uh, I'm going with Penn State winning. Uh, They're at home, much more prolific offense than Michigan. And also, a little humble break here. I hung out with a PSU alum at the Bellagio pool over the summer. So, Penn State, and they do cover the number. I think it's about eight, six and a half, eight, nice. something like that. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. I, Penn State's another team that plays defense this year. Those are few and far between out there. Their offense lacks a little something to be desired, but luckily so does Michigan's. I don't think Michigan can run it on Penn State, and they couldn't pass it on an interstate full of old ladies. Low scores, hard knocks, and Penn State with a W. Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan are all in the Big Ten East. OSU is the clear favorite, but Penn State avoids Wisconsin this year, which could be huge. That means if uh, Penn, Penn drops a game to one of these two, they still might make the title game. But, of course, that's a stretch the way Ohio State is playing. But it's still a it's still a good setup for their schedule. And uh, if Penn State goes ahead and knocks down Michigan this week, I mean, they have not got much love. They're kind of flying a little bit under the radar. But if they, they knock off Michigan this week, They'll be in the forefront of the conversation, and then that uh Penn State Ohio State showdown would be looming. <laughs> It'll be legend. Wait for it, dairy. Dairy.
1: <laughs> all right. I think I finally changed my on my notes. I finally changed my weeks <laughs> on our bets. I th- had us at week four last week, so maybe we'll do a little bit better job. Uh, but uh, all apologies to. Um, all apologies. That was a song playing in the tattoo shop when I got my first tattoo. It's funny how things stick with you. But uh, if you're betting our bets this week or this year, man, sincere apologies to you. We have stunk it up. Uh, I went a robust one-and-one. One. Tom went, wore the collar at 0-2. I hit on Texas. I actually had Texas winning, though. So I, I'm going to take my W because I, I took the points. I had Florida State covering. They didn't come close. They they just They're up and down. I mean, Clemson demolished them and I, I I guess we should have saw it coming, you know. Dabo what happened to Clemson in the off week was exactly what Dabo wanted. They dropped from one to two for really no explicable reason other than they had a close game with North Carolina. But they are the champs. I mean, you know, Dabo's a master at that playing the underdog card. So they, that was not even close. Oh yeah. Tom, you had Missouri, which I don't. It was a twelve point line. They won by eleven. I don't know if it's a backdoor or what. And uh, the under LSU Florida, which we've already covered, was that thing was covered. Uh, the over was covered like the second possession of the the third quarter. It was ugly.
0: <laughs> it was ridiculous. Missouri still rolling along though. The solid team. They were up thirty five to fourteen in that game, by the way, and then blew it. But whatever, dude. I'm going to tell you what. Um, you mentioned clips and rolling on Florida State. You know, that's a, that's a good reason to take a look at Georgia this week mm-hmm. if they try to pull the same thing. But, again, I, I covered that earlier. Can can Kirby do the same things that Dabo's been doing? Now, I'm going to tell you what, when I move into my two games of interest for week eight, you reminded me that, yes, I did go 0-2 this week. But if you we rewind it just seven days – yeah, I went 0-2 then, too. So, for the last two weeks, I'm a cool 0-4. <laughs> which is why is today key. I'm having... That's right. Which is why today I decided to have a guest picker. <laughs> <laughs> My guest picker today is not live, but send in his picks. This one Daryl Gober. He's been known to... Uh, you know, he's been known to be on the right side of a few games. So... Uh, Gober sends in his first play as Florida minus five and a half. D says we're getting great line value here. He says the Cox are still celebrating the victory over Georgia. And if Georgia had won that game, then Florida is probably a 14 to 17 point favorite. Hard to argue that great line value with Florida. He's taking the Gators. Second game that he sent to me is Oklahoma State. Last game, they lost to 10 by Texas Tech. Baylor just beat Texas Tech by three this past Saturday. So Baylor's ranked and undefeated, while Oklahoma State has two losses. Vegas knows something fishy here. Smelly fish play, Oklahoma State minus the three. Minus three. So good luck, Gober. I hope you're done. It won't take much to do better than I have done the last two weeks.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, I was, I was on Florida as well, and I'm not sure I'm not still on them, but I was listening. I, I had to go to uh, – I'm having surgery, by the way, on Thursday, Tom, so prayers appreciated. But I had a lot of drive time for my pre-op <laughs> meeting today, and one thing that stuck out to me that is scary about Florida, two weeks ago they played a physical Auburn team. Last week they played a physical LSU team. And that is – and going on the road. But that that is the feather in their cap is South Carolina. Man, they're still they, – they're just coming off their cloud nine, you know, tonight. All right, my two games, I have LSU minus one million at Mississippi State. Now, this is probably going to be a sucker bet. The actual line's 19. It, it's probably a sucker bet, but, dude, I'm going to get suckered into it because there is no – there is virtually – very few scenarios where LSU does not win by three touchdowns. I mean state has looked horrible at times. LSU has showed very little weakness outside of their defense. But but can state can state move the ball enough to score? I mean, what's it gonna take to cover that for state? Don't you figure they gotta get they gotta get twenty-one points to cover? I mean forty-two to twenty-one still covers for LSU. I don't see state scoring more than probably fourteen to seventeen. So I've got LSU minus nineteen. And uh, my and I, I always write down four games because I don't want to I don't want to double up on your picks. So I just take my top two. If you don't cover them, and you did not take either one of them, I'm gonna roll with Ohio State. They're coming off a bye. They're minus twenty eight. The the coveted Friday night game. <laughs> yeah, said no one ever. <laughs> uh, I don't even know who they play. I just know they're <laughs> favored by twenty eight, and we're taking them.
0: It's a bold pick, Cotton. We'll see how I play it, Northwestern. Northwestern. By the way. We'll
1: see how it turns out. All right. Now, Tom's been waiting for this all day. Uh, the Instagram model of the week. I usually take a picture or, or screenshot a picture and send it to him, so he kind of knows what he's working with, so he can see where how Deb measures up. I didn't tell him who the IG model of the week was this week, but I can tell you these right here before she is unveiled. She's recently moved from the eastern part of the United States into Alabama. She has beautiful hair. So long, almost like a mane. She carries herself with style and grace and has legs of a thoroughbred. Maybe that's because she is a thoroughbred. The Instagram model of the week is a underscore gypsy underscore called underscore Arthur. A gypsy called Arthur. That is Deb's... <laughs> when Tom uh, took the guy's weekend, Deb drove to North Carolina or somewhere and picked up basically a miniature Clydesdale. The thing's also it has like hairy feet and everything. It's a beautiful animal. Uh, I can't wait to get over to Tom's and Ryder.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent choice, sir. I hate to break it to you, though, but Arthur... Which should have been a clue in the name is a, a dude. Well, I, th- I thought it might
1: be dude. But we've had dudes before. We had Connor Ass
0: Alley. Yeah, Ass Alley's been on here before. <laughs> well, well, I can't I can't speak against uh, the steed Arthur, so uh, I'm gonna call it a draw. Him and Deb. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, that wraps us up tonight. I've got to get off and play Fortnite. Remember, if you're traveling from Fayetteville to Auburn this weekend, go south till you smell it, then east till you step in it.
0: (laughs) Take it easy, guys.